0: The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network.
1: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From
2: the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike podcast here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by My Race Pass. It's year 2023 and we're back here in the studio. It's been a little while. We took some time off for the holidays and everything and uh, really the hol- you call it the holidays we were all so busy going in every, every different direction possible and it was it wasn't really much uh much laid back time for either one of us. So. No,
0: I mean I, since our last show I've been you think the race season slows down, but it really doesn't. I mean I had I had to go to PRI for a week. I went to the snowball derby and then, you know, Christmas comes around, so it's uh it's been busy and then come back to twenty twenty three and race season is here. It's so, here, man, it's on top of us. Oh, man, it's been it's been busy at work. Everybody uh sending their stuff in to get ready for this year. We got racing going on, started this week. Um out in new mexico we got chili bowl going on it's just it's here
2: yeah no doubt we've uh we've already seen some pretty good racing over the weekend the ice bowl at talladega was this weekend and ray cook won that race and we're excited to have ray on the podcast and i know it's been a long time coming and uh, we uh we we sort of missed an opportunity to get him on a while back and with him winning that race i thought what a perfect time to go ahead and have it so we're going to call him up here shortly on the phone lines and uh, and talk to him a little bit and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Got a lot of things i want to know uh but and then also the vado new mexico is already off to a good start out there at the wild west shootout and jonathan davenport has got a perfect record so far winning the first two out there so
0: hasn't hasn't skipped a beat 20, had, <laughs> it hadn't slowed him down one bit new year um several you know he had a couple crew members you know move on or do different things but he, hadn't hasn't slowed him down. Two for two. This looks uh looks dominant. Larson looked a little bit better last night. Um, maybe had the faster car, but you know, lap cars kinda got in the way, but still J D just he <laughs> I hate to say it, he's un he's unbeatable. You can't for twenty twenty three he's unbeatable.
2: Total domination and there's also some bonus money on the line and right now he's uh done one two so he's got four more to go to try to do that. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, if he can put it all together and nobody's ever won that big time bonus out there so if if anybody's going to do it i hope he uh can do it just to prove everybody wrong nobody thinks it can be
0: done yeah he right i mean he's the only one that can do it now and um but i mean that that track i mean the past two nights were two totally different racetracks um you know from night one to night two you know the night two had a little bit more of a, a cushion a little more you know speed in the track compared to the night before so you know it, it that, that's the thing why it's never been done it's it's tough out there you got a lot of good guys out there and different track conditions so but i mean if anybody's gonna do it I, I, right now i think jd's about the about the only one that you know that could possibly do that in, in the sport
2: larson gave him a run for his money last night there and that was a heck of a good show uh for sure if anybody didn't see that look up the highlights. That was that was already a race of the year candidate. Larson gave him all he could handle, and uh, I don't believe anybody ever led a lap except Jonathan there. So he he held him off and never – I don't think anybody else ever led a lap. No. But it was – it was. if it you was, looked at their box score, you would not think that was much of a race. But no. it was a heck of a race.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bobby Pierce switched into a Longhorn and, you know, a uh, new shop package, you know, type deal, you know, with him being, you know, kind of in his own equipment for the past few years. He – he looks good. Shepard switching chassis looks real good. So um, I think this year is going to be some, uh, you know, from from what we've seen out of the first two races, I think uh, the, kind of the new tire rule this year, I think it's kind of playing into that a little bit. I, I haven't heard this in a long time in interviews is I went with a different tire choice than somebody else out there. So to me that that's always part of, you know, who – who comes and who goes, you know? Yeah, you're we, right.
2: I've, I've noticed that too. And that's pretty interesting yeah. here.
0: So what are the tire choices that they've got? So out there, I looked at it. I wanted to look, cause you know, like I said, I, that's the first time I've heard that. in you know, you know, a couple years now, um, as far as, you know, hey, I went with a different tire. So I looked it up today and it, it looks like they're using the, you know, they got four compounds, a one, two, three, and four, which is, you know, a 20, 30, 40, or, you know, a 10, 20, 30, 40. Out there, they're using the the two and the three on the fronts and the left rear, and they're using the three and the four on the right rear. So, um, and they're able to, you know, use whatever they want. There's no kind of limitation on, you know, hey, you got to run this one, you know, all night or whatever. So they can't change. So, you know, guys are, are gambling or, you know, trying to do something different, you know, I. I heard Shepard talk about hey or somebody said Shepard had a a harder tire on or i had a harder tire on you know a few of those guys so you know it's to me that makes that's going to make the racing a little better you had those guys that are kind of maybe just maintaining because they know um they have a harder tire and it's going to come in later or they got a softer tire so they got to go when they when they can so i think that's going to help the racing um we've we've talked about that at work you know Mean you know being on the shock side of things, everybody thinks it's the shock, shock, shocks. But a lot of times it's you're all on the same tire, so you know if everybody's on the same tire, it doesn't give up or it gives up equally. So everybody's in the same boat. So I think this this is gonna make it a little bit more you know you know another wrinkle in the equation as far as what what these guys are going to do when it comes to feature time and everything i
2: think it's a dynamic that the sport's been uh, missing and been lingering for for the past couple yeah. of years and i'm glad to see the tire games are back
0: yeah it's like I, I just remember when i first started you know going on the road um first year it was 2012 outlaws it was an open tire roll i mean you could run any tire that Hooter made and we ran 1100s all the way to the d70s and had them all in the had them all in the trailer and it was every night it was you know you're covering your tires up to make sure no one sees what you got and you're trying to ask ask guys hey what are you going with or, what are you going with you're always looking at the track trying to trying to guess what's going to happen in the in the feature so i think that element is back and i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a good thing i think it's going to i won't say it's going to fix everything but it's going to certainly help on the racing side of
2: things yeah i agree for sure it's uh it should be a good uh a good year good a lot of interesting stuff coming up as soon as they leave uh vado new mexico the world of outlaws series kicks off in yep. volusia and then it's, and then it's on from there pretty much yes i mean it's There's racing to watch on the television every night or go to or whatever uh, yeah. We'll be really busy keeping up with it all
0: i know it's it's i mean just my my work schedule i'm looking at we got a few test sessions we got to go to with uh some people and <laughs> Then right after that, I mean, it's it's speed week's time, and then it's you know for a month we're down in Florida doing all that. So, um, racing is here. It <laughs> is. It, it's here. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, if the past couple nights of auto, if, if that's kind of an indication, which that track out there is, they they've got a, they, I don't know. That track is just races really well i mean i don't i don't know what about it the shape the dirt and everything about it. i mean you can you got a bottom a top race all over i mean i know jd's won the the um first two shows but that first night i mean he didn't he didn't lead all the race you know he he passed late you know bobby pierce led a good bit of it and so i mean that track you can pass on and it puts on great racing so they've got a they got a good thing out there in the desert for sure yeah you
2: no know, doubt about that i agree well uh well, we'll go to our break here in just a moment and go ahead and call up Ray Cook and get him on the line. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, that's has been a long time coming.
0: Yeah, I, I remember growing up watching Ray Cook race, and he was always one of those ones you – you know, when you saw him in the pitch, you looked forward to watching him. I remember I remember, I think the first car I ever saw him race, it wasn't the blue and orange one, kind of like he had this weekend, but it was the, the black and, and – what was it, black and white, young blood or something mm-hmm. like that, concrete. I me- remember that was – yeah, you gotta watch out for old Ray Cook.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. So, all right, well, uh, stay tuned here on the Forward Bike Podcast. We're gonna go to the, go to a break here and we'll call up Ray Cook on the other side of the hotline, the Tar Heel Tiger. All right, we're back here on the Forward Bike Podcast and we're joined by Ray Cook, the Tar Heel Tiger on the Andy's Towing Hotline tonight. Ray, first of all, uh welcome to the show. I know it's been a long time coming and I apologize. We've kind of put it off for a while, but uh you going out there winning that ice bowl this weekend. I said, Man, we gotta get him on. So uh so that's one way to get on here, I guess. Well, I appreciate you guys calling me and
1: yeah, we're glad to get back on And I know you guys got a lot of listeners and uh glad we finally done something that you <laughs> wanna call. Well, that's good. <laughs>
2: Well, Ray, can you ever remember uh, a season of yours behind the wheel getting off to this good of a start? I know you've won the ice bowl a time or two before, but that's gotta be a statement to come in there and win a race like that. Whenever you really don't race full time anymore and uh, come in there and, and knock off a big win like that all of a sudden.
1: Well, we, we're just very fortunate, you know, to get the win. We've, uh, I was telling them today, the, the very first super light mile race I ever ran was actually at Talladega. And, uh, then just over the years, been able to win a few there and then getting to run the Arca race years ago with Bill Elliott, let me do that. And so I just got a lot of good memories at Talladega and this weekend added to it. So.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and a good memory in itself is that, uh, that paint scheme. I know I was going to talk about it. I might as well go ahead and bring it up, but that paint scheme that you're running with, uh, Youngblood and all that on it brings back a lot of memories for me because that was, I mean literally that's the number one my favorite uh car of all time over the years and i'm so happy to see that you brought that back what kind of led you to do that
1: well it's uh it's been one of my favorite skiing i mean i felt like we've always had a halfway decent looking car but that's certainly been one of the best and uh you know that all the time i drove for Cheryl brownie was uh really good a lot of fun and we made a lot of memories and a lot of people remember that car that was one of the first cars that really started all the graphics uh there wasn't really a lot of designs other than people's ads and numbers before that and uh you know we introduced something the first version of that in 1998 at the shootout and that car the colors was reversed we had orange on top blue on the bottom but uh then we switched it, I think, in 2000, but it's been good. You know, I just sat and look at it. It it looked good then, and it looks good now, and uh, it's been real good. And then we got to put a Ford engine in it last week. Uh, we purchased the engine from Jimmy Owens, a Ford engine, and uh, it, it just helps complete that scheme even more
0: well, That's good. it's like yeah. the good old days you know that
2: you know that makes brownie uh smile because because whenever you first came out with it, it it's a young blood concrete special and i sent it to him and he said yeah but it's got a chevrolet motor and you know how he is yeah and uh so now <laughs> yeah. now you got the now you got the complete package there
1: yeah it's uh and it ran like it too you know it's we're just glad to it's still i think the engine jimmy said is about seven-year-old it's a cornet ford motor but the motor i was running was 14 year old so so i've updated about <laughs> half <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it didn't look like it was uh, it lacked anything i mean i i watched that race and i was i knew i know you had to watch very because everybody else was stuck to the bottom but you could run it groove and a half up and we passing cars i'm like oh here he comes here he comes
1: well we just like i say we've Had a lot of good luck on our side with the double-file restarts. I think every one of them but one we lined up in the outside row anyhow. And, uh, you know, when guys go down there and bottleneck up in the corner, you can try to roll them. And a lot of that's just due to our car. We, you know, we had a really good uh, race car. It was tight enough for us to get up there and be able to do that. And it just worked out for us.
2: In the, uh, in the first lap there, whenever they threw the green flag, you went down in turn one. It didn't look like – I mean, you were – where would you start? About eighth or tenth, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got in that melee. We started 12th. 12th, okay. Yes,
1: I actually got in two different. So the first lap, a couple of them spun and blocked the track, and I sort of spun around to keep from hitting them, and I didn't hit anybody then. Uh and then the second one, actually, I got up the night and I was tucked right up under Booger Brooks going down the backstretch, and I guess the five-car clipped the Uke tire and spun up in front of Booger, and he moved to avoid it, and I had no idea <laughs> the five was sitting there. So. But he actually rode up on her nose, and it actually bent the carburetor stand that holds the breather on, and uh, knocked the fenders in against the tires. And we pulled in and was able to get the fenders up. And just real fortunate that the carburetor stud didn't break. And uh, so we ran it the rest of the race with the breather on a little bit crooked. But just, you know, when it's your day and you can dodge stuff like that, it's just meant to be. And good Lord blessed us with a, a fun evening.
2: I agree. And I, and, I, and I should know better than this, but I probably counted you out after both of those two situations happened but uh man just you you hung in there and got the job done and got the win and that was so awesome to see
0: experience experience led him to that win
1: well you know i count myself out you know when i'm sitting there in the car with that guy on the hood of it i was like i just you know being too aggressive too early and you know you just pull back out there in those situations and you know that it's still a lot of laps left and Felt like there would be. I, I felt like with two in the first lap, that wouldn't be the last one. So, just sort of went back out there to see what happened. And next thing you know, you're up to tenth or twelfth. And uh, like I say, it just worked out really good.
2: So, uh, so you, so you, uh, you're a sales rep for American Racer, and I assume you were running the American Racer tires there that day. And a lot of, a lot of tire issues were happening from Hoosier. It looked like, and uh, do you think that might have been a been a reason for your uh, for your long uh, being, being able to be there at the end?
1: Well, actually, I was on Hoosiers. Okay. Oh. Uh, the last time I won the ice bowl was 2012. I was on American Racers, and uh, the rules got changed in 2013 where I couldn't run them no more. Oh,
0: okay.
2: I got so, you. Uh, with My mistake there.
1: But no, it's okay. Uh, but I sure would have loved to have had them on. Uh, but actually the tires I was on was, uh, when I got that engine from Jimmy, I got some used ones from him and, and I got some from Richard Austin. And then I, the three of the four tires I was on was actually some that I ran at the shootout at the Lucas oil race. So you <laughs> <it> just, <laughs> it was your just day, done a bunch of trading around and, you know, just trying not to i think i had the cheapest tire bill down there just from the trading and stuff we've done but just you know couldn't really afford to spend a whole lot on i mean it's, it'd be real easy to go there and have a two or three thousand dollar tire bill and we didn't want to do that we're just going to have fun mm-hmm. and see how it worked out and try not to spend no more than we had to so
2: i think a lot of racers could take a take a note take that yep. as a note
0: yep yes they
2: could
1: well <laughs> you know it's just everything's expensive and you just try to do the best you can with what you got and was real pleased but you can actually see the lucas tech paint still on my right front from when we ran that race at dixie so.
0: that's awesome that's awesome yeah
2: that, yeah that is, that's that is pretty cool man i yeah, that's uh, so. We talked about American Racer. You work for them. You've got uh, you've got your racing series, and you and you do a little bit of racing still. And uh, you got a lot, You're pretty busy all the time, aren't you? And you got a racetrack to run there at uh, Brasstown.
1: Yeah, and you know American Racer does a good tire. I mean, they they provide everybody an option. I mean, obviously you can win on either brand, just like you can different brands of cars or shocks. Um, but. Some cost more than others, and you know we're just our overheads not quite as high, and we're we can give people an option when the tracks will let us to save the guy's money. And you know if you got a open account and money's no object, then you know we don't really help that much. But if you need to race your tires more than once or twice, then I got guys that run. think nine races on a right front tire with the blue Ridge outlaws, you know, and their tire rule, um, get four or five races out of a right rear. So it just helps guys that race longer. And you're right. We are busy with the series. Uh, we got a good schedule with the Southern nationals this year. I think, uh, 24 races and I'm working on the tri County schedule right now. So, uh, don't get to race as much as we want to, but I think last year I run 11 times. And uh, I told him in victory lane, I said that you order not even on a car if you can't run it more than 11 times. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyhow, we're proud of the cars we got. And Joe Denby has allowed us to have these cars and we've been together for a long time. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even have it. But anyhow, between him and, Vincent Sims sams and uh mike uh Kotsman truck and just the people that help us is really the reason we can go do it
2: well you know i'm glad to see you get that win down there this weekend because you uh like you just said you don't race a whole lot anymore and i think a lot of these young kids that are winning races and your and in your tours probably don't even realize how good of a race car driver that you are and were at one time before a lot of them kids were even born so i think for you to come out there and win that race that weekend this weekend i think that might have said dang old ray still got it
1: (laughs) well it tickles me every time ronnie johnson wins a race or Dale mcdowell or billy Moyer, or some of them guys you know so it uh and there's some others out there that could still do it if there's racing i mean i think skip won a couple races last year and i talked to marshall we was doing it test a couple years ago you're like this Shane Clanton and Mike Marler was there testing and they tested for three or four hours and Marshall got in the car at the end of the day and went a couple tenths quicker than both of them did so (laughs) I thought that was funny So, but uh, you know just been fortunate enough to do it and there's uh, I'm not in shape to go race like I'd want to but we still love doing it
2: yeah absolutely
0: well talking about your uh your series you got the southern nationals and you got the spring nationals and and is it is it the spring and and southern nationals is all you got now the or, fall or do you have a fall nationals
1: yeah we I, i've done away with the fall last year okay uh just there's a lot of racing you can tell by looking at the schedule there's plenty of options for racers to do and i've always liked doing like two three race weekends uh i don't don't know if i've ever done a single race weekend very few um but you know when they kick that football in late august early september it's harder <laughs> to get friday thursday night races yeah. and uh and i like to watch football as much as anybody don't get me wrong but it just it just becomes more challenging and so i just felt like for now it was best to Leave the fall nationals sort of idle and and focus more on the spring and the and the southern nationals.
0: Now, when you started that deal, did you ever think it would be as successful as it is now? I mean, everybody know. I mean, everybody goes into something wanting it to be you know, really good and, and continue for years after years, but you've, you've created a, a nice little series down here in the Southern area for a lot of racers who, you know, don't have the budget to go run a, a national tour or travel out, you know, travel out of their area a lot. And you've, you've created something quite special down here.
1: You know, when you start, you never know what's going to go into it. I mean, our goal was just to do it one time and see what happens, you know, and Keith and Tater Masters was really the instrumental ones behind that. Uh, they, you know, being from Indiana, I was familiar with the summer nationals or UMP. And they like, why ain't anybody done that in the South? I'm like, I don't know. And so we just sort of talking. Next thing you know, we had eight races booked. And we got seven of them in. And we just went from there and the spring nationals come about just looking at schedules. There was two years in a row that there was four weekends empty that nobody was racing and, uh, just got to looking at it. I thought, well, you know, maybe we could do something on those four weekends and, and it worked. And we just sort of went from there. So, but we're very proud of it. And, you know, the drivers and the fans is the ones that's made it. I've just been the one to try to organize it. But but them supporting it and Schaefer Oil and Sunoco and just all the different chassis manufacturers, shock companies, I mean, everybody's supported it. So it's been good.
2: You talk about all the guys supporting it. I mean, uh, you've, in a roundabout way, your series has created some of the best drivers that that are around the country right now. I mean, it's no joke what uh, Jonathan Davenport's doing right now. And and by the way, you and Jonathan Davenport are the, are the only drivers that have got wins in 2023 in the super late model. And y'all are basically neighbors down there. So uh, I know he doesn't live in Blairsville anymore, but that's, I mean, he basically cut his teeth in your area. And uh, you had to put up with him a whole lot on your series and on the racetrack, too. So it's got to be pretty cool to to give racers like him a platform to, to get started and, and cut their teeth. And, uh, and I guess with that being said, what, uh, what are some, of uh, may, maybe name a couple, two or three drivers right now that are running your series that we all ought to have an eye on.
1: Well, you're right. I mean, uh, Jonathan and Chris Madden and Overton, um, they've all three, you know, got multiple championships for that deal and, that two weeks in the summers, if you look at all the racetracks, you go from Scriven to Withful, Taswell. Uh, there's always some slick tracks in there. Back in the day, it used to be Cleveland or Winchester, Tennessee, or Duck River, and now it's Sonoya and Swainsboro with the new dirt. So there's just so many different combinations, and you know, the deal in the Midwest with UMP summer nationals. There's about two different style tracks there, but that's about it. They're mostly all about the same. And with this two weeks here in the summer, you really see a lot of different faces and conditions. And it, I think it does help to be able to do it. And, you know, there's several right now that's learning. Uh, I think Carson Ferguson probably turned more heads last year than anybody. Uh, and somebody that sort of broke out with his new ride, Kenny Collins. He's getting some opportunities that he didn't have, and he, Kenny made a lot of gains last year as well. Uh, So there's, there's more than one for sure, but Carson, like I say, winning that Spring Nationals Championship really done a good job, and Cody Overton is another one. I mean, he's ran good there with Coulter's car there a couple of year years ago. And I think if he can get the right opportunities, you know, you look at Ashton Winger, I mean, there's a lot of good young guys that are out there. The sport's definitely healthy.
2: Yeah, for sure. You've got to be proud of what you're, uh, what you're a part of right there with giving all those guys a platform to race on. Let me uh, – just pause for a minute. We're going to take a quick break here on the Forward Bike Podcast that you're listening to the Speed Sport Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're here with Ray Cook here on the line. It's been a good conversation so far, Ray. We were talking about your uh, your series and some of the drivers coming up on there, and I think you're I think you hit the nail on the head with all those guys. And uh, we've had uh, I believe we've had all of those on this podcast before Cody and Carson and Kenny Collins a couple of times and. And uh, and you're right, man. Them guys are, uh, they're going to be on the next level here before we know it. I know, uh, I know. Carson Ferguson went up there and to Eldora and started second, I believe, at the Dream or, or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, and made the show and stayed in the top ten the whole night, and that's pretty impressive for him. So he's he's going to be somebody.
1: Yeah, and there's others too that I hadn't mentioned. I know that they're probably going to call me or text me. Hey, you didn't mention <laughs> <What>? me. <laughs> But there's others too, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much talent, and we got some guys this year that's never ran that's already calling, wanting to run for rookie of the year, and uh, that's always neat too. That rookie of the year pays a thousand dollars, and it ain't a lot of money, but it's some recognition. And uh, there again, our criteria for rookie of the year is you can't have ever won a race that paid uh three thousand or more and uh so that pretty much makes it a true rookie you know i think and uh it's been good so we're looking forward to it
0: what so you, you've had this you know the the spring and southern deal you know going on for a few years what is there anything that you don't want to change maybe this year or some things that work really well that you've you know, that sets yourself apart from other series out there?
1: No, not really. I mean, we always make a few little tweaks every year with rules or whatever, tire rule or something. But for the most part, we've been pretty solid the last few years. Um, like I say, the tire rules get changed last year just because of availability. Um, and that was through both companies. You know, yeah. Hoosier done a really good job of supplying the super late model guys because that's what the most of them run. And American Racers primarily been focused on the weekly racetracks, trying to keep them going because the truth is neither company can do both. So they, they sort of like everybody's aligned themselves with who can get them the most. But uh that's really our biggest change is just making sure everybody's got what they need to come to the track with, you know, and adjusting the rules to keep them going. Uh, but you know, with any series or any race at the end of the day, the weather's the biggest factor I feel like, um, and there's nothing we can do about it. So we're just hoping, pray it's good. So
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. You've, uh, yeah, I, I was. I really wanted to go all the way back. I don't know how much time we really want to take on this thing tonight, but I really want to know. Uh, and it might come up in another podcast. I know I was talking to. I talked to Brownie Brown on a regular basis, and he wants to get you and him together and kind of have like a little reunion, I guess, and talk on one of these shows. So that might <laughs> okay. be a, that might be a, something in the future for all the listeners to look forward to. But uh, but I do kind of want to ask you, like, whenever you got started there, and and. Whenever I had Brownie on here, according to him, you went and put a floor in his house or, or something he had going on and found out you were a race car driver and kind of took you racing. Is that true? And then, I mean, y'all ran together for at least a decade there.
1: Yeah, they, uh, my dad and mom and our family was in the floor covering business. So, so yeah, there's, uh, that is true. And then come to find out, me and Cheryl's actually, related a little bit like 4th or 5th Cousins I don't remember is exact connection but uh, the biggest thing was is just noticed them everywhere we'd go somewhere out of town like Atomic or Smoky Mountain or somewhere I mean you'd always see them and they'd see me and I guess that was the common denominator that we was both wanting to travel you know and uh, so the first thing we had young blood on the hood was the first sponsorship that we got and we had a red uh red and white car I always my first car I had i I made it look like Buck Simmons I don't know if you remember the oh yeah the car oh, yeah. That buck had that was red and white with those uh Christmas balls I called them but those red numbers you know with the reflectors in them and Uh, So that was my first, uh, one of my first weight models, red and white like that. And uh, anyhow, Brownie said, "What we got to do to make that thing orange and white because all their concrete trucks was orange with white drums on them. And uh, I was like, well, if it's your car, you can make it whatever color you want to. (laughs) So so we sort of went from there and, and next thing you know is, buying a car and then we got an engine and, and it just went from there. But it was a, a good run for 10 years, I think.
2: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And, and y'all just, I guess, give me a couple of, uh, I mean, if we could talk about it all day, I guess, but just maybe some of your early memories of going and running a couple of them, have a Tampa races to start with, and were you like a fish out of, out of the water or, or I mean, you, did you pick up on it pretty quick and, uh, and run with them boys?
1: Man, we was definitely a fish out of water in in a lot of places <clears> and still would be if we went to some of them, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, just the logistics of stuff of going and staying. And I remember the first time we went to Brunswick, we had our open-air trailer, and the cat daddy, Clint Smith, he come up to us, he said, Look here, cat, if you're going to travel, you can't have an open trailer. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have one and uh, he said I got one at home he said if you're gonna do this stop and get it we'll trade and you can pay me the difference when you can and uh, we actually did that and uh, so you know just people like Clint and Freddie and Skip uh, all those guys just helping out people and I still see that today the the older guys helping the younger ones you know but it was definitely uh, a lot different than Tri County, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, you were you were part of an uh, of an elite fraternity there in a way. You had uh, like you mentioned Freddie Smith and Skip Art, Steve Francis, Rick Eckert, and all of y'all were uh, were a traveling road show there for at least a decade, and it, and Dale McDowell, and the list goes on. But I mean that had to be a lot of fun. And I mean y'all were y'all were competitors in racing, but I know y'all had a lot of fun traveling and stuff too.
1: Well, and Dale and Shane's been a big help, too. And then I got to helping Dale with the driving schools. And, you know, they're like brothers to me. I mean, them guys are uh, definitely still. And Dale's probably had the longest run of consistency of any driver out there. I mean, he's he's going to run good every year. And uh, but it's just been a lot of fun to, you know, be a part of it and and just to get to win another race is even a bonus so.
2: yeah I, I agree and you uh, and then in 2000 there whenever you won the show me 100 that was a big accomplishment too wasn't it
1: oh yeah yeah that was a major deal especially at West Plains we Brownie used to call West Plains used to call it West Plains misery <laughs> instead of Missouri because we went out there like three years straight never even made the show and uh it's like the first year we made the show we won it so uh or second i don't know we but it was a hard race to get into uh back then they ran six heat races and had 20 cars in each one and and that's not really uncommon from today but the the harder part was they ran six consolation races and they only took the winner yeah and they was 20 laps apiece. And uh, I ran second in the county two years straight, once to Ronnie Johnson and once to that, I think his name is Dick Phillips, out of Indiana, Brownstown. So um, just hard shows to make. I always said it was easier to win than it was to make, and still that
0: way sometimes. Uh, speaking of West Plains, I'm, that's one track I miss out on a national scene like that. That place always was super racy, slick, from top to bottom. It had to be a a fun track to race back in the day.
1: It was. It was difficult, but, you know, we just kept working, working, and finally got to where we could go around there, and uh, it it was really fun. I'd go back in a minute if I could. Michael Rigsby will tell you if you talk to him, I've mentioned to him multiple times about, we need to get a flow race there. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Well, you need to, you need to, stay him on, do that. Yeah, you need to stay on him about that.
2: Yeah. That's but, a, that's uh, another thing you've got on your, on your agenda that you do. I forgot about that too, but that whenever you won that race at West Plains though, in 2000, that really, I don't know whether you realized it or not at the time, but I, I, and I definitely was already paying attention to what you were doing because of the connection with Brownie and everything that we had. But, uh, I mean that really put you on the map nationally, and uh, and, and and from there on it was uh, it was game on. I felt like.
1: Well, you know, '98 I think was really what turned us around when we won the first have a Tampa race at Rome Speedway, but uh, definitely that deal at West Plains was huge, and you know it was a hundred lap race, and uh, I think we was three wide with Terry Phillips and Davey Johnson, you know, was like 15 or 20 to go or something. And, uh, a lap car separated the three of us. Uh, Davey was running the bottom and the lap car, the lap car couldn't move for all three of us. So he went to the bottom and, and that left it between me and Terry and then was able to get around and pull off from him. But, uh, it was just a good race I mean we I think we ran the whole race I only had one caution, and I uh, think I won another one there, and I didn't have no cautions uh, but it's very slick uh we'd burn like ten gallon of gas in a hundred laps. I mean you wasn't using no no fuel you know just easing around there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that was. That was that was one of the first races I grew up in Alabama, North Alabama area, and that was one of the first you know crown jewels that I ever went to was West Plains, and I, I fell in love with the you know there. I remember you know watching you there a couple times, but I guess I really remember you. Was, I always raced at the the Bama Bash down at Green Valley. I, I remember you were always good at that racetrack.
1: Yeah, we liked that. Uh, Green Valley was another good racetrack that we hated to see go. Uh, but Dennis Harker and those guys down there always doing a good job with that. And,
2: uh, I could say, it, I hated to see it. You know, that, go, that track is a pond now. I don't mean to yep. change your subject, but that place is a pond now. If you look it up on uh, Google Earth.
1: It is. It's a pond with some houses around it. I yeah, heard. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yep. but it it was a good track and wasn't too far away from here. You know, it's about an hour above Chattanooga, so it wasn't too far for us to go.
0: So, so uh, you know, your your racing career speak, uh, speaks for itself. But um, you know, you've raced for many years. What what's the biggest change you know that you've seen? You know, once you started racing and traveling to to now, oh. you know, turning into promoter. What what has the sport changed in your mind? Good, bad, or indifferent?
1: I think it's good. I mean, I think technology has come in faster than, than we could accept it. You know what I mean? It's, but, I mean, just the cars are so good. They drive uh, so easy compared to the older cars. And there's so much grip available, you know, with all the shocks and springs and setups and the aero, the way they got the bodies, and, and then the way the restrictors are cutting the motors down to where it you know just makes it uh it, it's just really amazing to me how much grip they got with the horsepower that's available and i mean the racing's good i mean, I don't know who watched the race last night at auto, but that uh that was an excellent race between jonathan and kyle larson bobby pierce i mean
2: Yes, it was.
0: That, that was. I know that's the third race of the year, but I mean, like, my goodness, that's. I mean, race of the year already. I mean,
1: it's it's a candidate for it, you know. And I hear all this stuff about group rules killing racing, and I mean, well if that was affected at any last night, I couldn't tell it. But you know, it's, it was. It was a good show for sure. But, you know, I think. I think the racetracks dictates and the the tracks and the tires and the weather d- dictates our wet racing.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, we talk, uh, I mean, I hate to cut you off, but yeah, we talk about that. See, I work at Bill Stein's shocks. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we talk a lot about that, you know, just around the, the shop and everything It's like, you know, or is the racing bad or is it, you know, cause lately, like I heard for the first time this weekend out of some interviews, like, you know, I went with a different tire choice than somebody mm-hmm. else. And I haven't heard that in the last couple of years, and I almost feel like sometimes, you know, if everybody's on the same tire or if it's the wrong tire we're all on, like that—that that affects the racing more than we want to admit sometimes. So now I'm I'm with you. Well, on, if
1: it was, yeah, if it's up to me, we'd all have four choices every night, and we wouldn't mandate none of them. Exactly. Yeah, I, I here said, you go. You got if you got four choices. You pick the ones you want. You're a big boy. Let's race. Yes, you sir. pick
2: sir. I agree with and that. I I, I agree with you.
1: That's the way you. it needs to be, and. You know, if you look at East Bay years ago when you've seen Skip Hart and Freddie Smith start last and run first and second, or you've seen Billy Moyer start last in Eldora a few years ago, and win the world, uh, the tires are the only thing that touches the ground mm-hmm. if you have a good night. You know, if you, anything else touches, something went wrong. And But when you got different choices, but, you know, a lot of these guys – we're using the same amount of tires we've always used. You got to have five a night. So it, it, you know, minimum. And, but hopefully this new tire rule that everybody's trying to do will, will allow us to do that. That's what I'm hoping that we can just say, here, here's your one, two, three, four. Have at it. Yeah. And I think the racing would be better. Uh, another thing, the tracks being wider these, these cars used to be six feet wide and they still are but they race like they're 18 foot wide because they're so crooked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, a track that used to be 40 foot wide, if you lined up three cars, six foot, six foot, six foot, they had plenty of room. Well, now, when they go in the corner, you got to calculate basically 20, 20, 20. So, The bodies are built so crooked, you really, if you ain't got 90 to 100 feet of racetrack, it's hard to have good racing.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what I've done at Tri-County is just widened it, kept widening it, widening it. And some people don't have the room to widen it, but I would encourage anybody that they've got an infield they ain't using for nothing to turn that motor grader left and (laughs) make it (laughs) widen. Here we go.
2: (laughs) We're going to take a quick yeah. break right here, Ray. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about driving the motor grader here on the forward bike podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. We're back here on the forward bike podcast, Ray. We we're talking about, uh, your track there at tri county and, uh, you making it a little bit wider. And, uh, with that being said, I, I gotta give, I gotta give you a tip of the cap a little bit, man. Those last couple of races that I've seen, there have been incredible and, uh, and, and you, you guys have done a great job done over that place.
1: Well, we're trying uh, just to put a little bit of paint on an old barn, but it's a it's it's been a lot of fun and you was talking about West Plains, you know, I used to watch them and how they it picks those tracks and of course Tri-County is nothing like West Plains, but you can apply some of that stuff but I just notice the best racing a lot of times is on the wider tracks nowadays with the cars where they are. When I went to that Marshalltown Iowa last year for flow and uh, I seen that place and I immediately stepped it off. I was like, wow, this is nice. And I tried to come back and do what I could to try County to simulate that. Now I'm nowhere near there yet, but that's what we're working toward. So. <clears throat> I'm,
0: I'm, I have to be, with, I'm, I'm with Kyle on this. I mean, that racetrack, I, I've got to get over there. Um, I haven't have had a chance yet, but I, I try. I'm gonna try through this year. I mean, every race that I watch over there. I mean, you have got a top, you have got a bottom, you got people coming and going. Like that's, you do a really good job prepping that you know track and, and you know your series. You know, bringing good good competition there. Like you got a little, as Rigsby always says, a hidden gem down there.
1: Well, we're trying. Uh, you know, we're proud of it. It's we're just off the beaten path here, but. We tell everybody we got to drive an hour and a half to get ready to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's, that's, the, that's the worst part about it is just location. We love it here. Don't get me wrong. It's the best place in the world to live. But uh, it's not on the side of an interstate, so that hurts us a little bit. But we just try to fix it the way we'd like for it to be if we was racing ourselves. And I don't always hit it. I miss it you know, as much as I hate it, but we try to do our best.
0: You know, with you saying that, I mean, with all, like I said, all your experience of racing and, you know, like you said, getting to travel a little bit more on on the promoter side or official side with the flow, I mean, that's, I mean, you got to take a lot of, I mean, your notebook's got to get big just if you don't even race, you know, with, you know, with your series and your racetrack there. I mean, a lot of that's got to go into how you prep stuff and how you run a series or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, since day one, I've just tried to focus on things that I knew not to do. And if I just think if you work on that, then the things you need to do sort of falls in place, you know. But I've had the, the fortune, and a lot of that's thanks to Brownie and Cheryl Brown or all of it, really. They let me travel a lot of places, and I told Mike Swims, one time I said, you're the reason we know what we know because we went to so many different tracks and you could see the ones that done better and others and what it took. And so I have been blessed to see a lot of different situations and just try to learn from it. I don't know that I know anything on my own, but, but we've just got to see a lot, you know.
2: You've, uh, you've kind of developed a recipe from going to all these different places. Uh, one problem, I, I mean, I, I guess it is a problem. One problem I see with your track is it's sort of land, landlocked right there, man. I mean, you it'd be really hard to reconfigure it or shape it. It's just you got that big bank over there and turn three and four, and then the grandstands, and the, it looks like the property line kind of runs right behind the stands there, don't it? So it's sort of hard to it, stretch out it and does, do much, yeah. don't it.
1: it? It is, and we're actually real fortunate. We got a real good neighbor, Jimmy Wilson, owns the other side of the track on the back stretch. And actually, where the trucks and cars park, we don't even actually have own that land. We rent it. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got a small amount of property, but we're just trying to make the most of what we
2: got. Well, I know, but then whenever you had that... Big 22,000 to win race there last year. It was hard for everybody to get in there. I bet just find a place to sit and watch it. I bet you had, I bet you had your hands full there just parking cars and not to mention the race had to happen too.
1: Well, we did have our hands full and about any show I book, I base the classes off of how many cars I think we're going to have. And because I can't park, but about 75 or 80. So that's sort of how I picked my sport classes. Um, I just want to book as many as I can to make sure it's full. But anyhow, we had about seven more supers for that race than i had planned on. Uh, I was figuring 28, 30 cars max. And when we had 35, it got challenging there for a few minutes to get everybody parked. <laughs> but, uh, we, we was able to pull it off and, you know, it, uh, there's nothing wrong with having a packed crowd, even though it's a small area, it, it was good. And everybody always leaves there saying there was 30, 40,000 people there, you know, when there really wasn't, but anyhow, you it's, it's fun to listen to them talk. So.
2: Yeah. I, I like to see, I'd just like to pay admission just to come watch, uh, watch them haulers get parked in the pit area up in there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of well, tight with all these big rigs we've gotten nowadays.
1: They started coming actually the night before, some of them started rolling in there, you know. And uh, it was funny because Mark Richards in the big blue one. He's always in. first. Well, he he was about third. Oh, and oh, he, and he, he lost. About, he, he did pull in about midnight. Yeah. And uh, Gary Thompson, a friend of mine has been with me, crew chief, since 98 and even before. But uh, he's man, if that's worth the trip right there, just getting to see that car pull in the pits, you know, and and that's really the humbling part about it is a little old Tri-County, to be able to pull those drivers and teams in there, it's just very humbling, and we're proud that they come, and first Tar Heel race we ever had, Billy Moyer won it, and, uh, you know, we won't forget that either, it's just we've had a good list of drivers there over the years hopefully they'll come back in 2023
2: yeah i'm looking for i'm gonna to try to make it this year ray i didn't get to come last year but i'm gonna circle it on my calendar and try to get there for that one i think it's gonna be a spectacle once again yes sir yeah i did come to the one that was ten thousand 000 to win a few years ago and that was just unheard of for that place and then uh and then now Twenty-two thousand, twenty-three thousand is coming up this year to Tar Heel fifty-three or whatever. Is it Tar Heel fifty yep. or fifty-three? Your...
1: Well, they're wanting to make it to fifty-three this yeah. year instead of the fifty. But there's a there's a story behind that too. Everybody thinks that was three laps was for my number, uh, and that's good too. But really, I done it for Clint Smith because Clint always said <laughs> if he had. Two or three more laps, he'd have won the race. <laughs>
0: that's, that's typical, Cat Daddy, so right just,
1: there. So I just added him three more laps. I love that. I never
0: <laughs>
2: see. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Clint's always. Oh, I f- I've had a few more laps. If I had a few more laps, okay, Clint. Well, Ray gave you three so, more laps.
1: Uh, Clint's Clint's a good one. I give him a hard time. He does me too, but I think the world of Clint.
0: Who does he not give a hard time? I, we when I. I traveled with land again for many years and first when i first got with him clint was on the outlaw tour and he would he would travel up down the road with us and he's he's a character in himself right there just just traveling he's, up and down with him
1: he's fun to travel with and he's a good person he's done a lot for our sport and he's down there helping a lot of guys at sonoya now keeping them guys going and racers too
0: yeah, he's he does a lot for them guys down there with his little um, – he, he sets up race cars, puts bodies on. I, I think he just works he's on the race. He's probably ra-
2: busier now than when he was running oh, on the yeah, road.
0: Yeah, he is. He's, <laughs> he's got a good little thing going down there for sure. Well, well Ray,
2: you kind of mentioned it there a minute ago. Before I let you go, I we got to ask about the droop rule. I mean, that's kind of changed the sport, and you. I don't think you intended it to be that way, but it's – I mean, there's, there's a lot of – there's a lot of love and hate about that thing. And what, what do you kind of make of it? I don't think it's hurting the racing. I just think, I guess what I'll say is uh, I don't, I don't mind it at all. I don't think it's hurting the race. And I just, I don't know about the penalty sometimes seeing some guys get thrown out of some of these things for a couple of, couple of uh, quarters of an inch or something on a tape measure. But other than that, I guess it's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's doing what it, was supposed to do you know the the whole intent of it was to keep guys from turning over and of course i've been accused of everything under the sun for for doing it you know but but really the john Persley wreck at Swainsboro was the tipping point for me to try to do something and we didn't just do that overnight i mean i spent about six months trying to figure out what to do and it was a cheap rule it didn't really cost nobody i mean it's just a seven dollar piece of chain at the time i think now it's probably 12 with the elevation of things but anyhow just that's the whole intent behind it as to these cars was getting way up in the air, and sort of like a restrictor plate at talladega with nascar you know if, they had people going up in the grandstands, and they had to do something. And, you know, they ain't no telling how fast they'd be going now without respectors. And there's no telling how high these cars would be with, without the the droop, you know. Uh, same thing, we just got to keep guys coming back week in, week out. And it ain't a perfect fix; Like, it won't stop one from turning over completely. But it, it does slow it down and it's like a fire suit you know yeah you have the fire suit on and you still get burned up if you ain't careful but it'll give you about two minutes to run as fast as you can and uh you know if you're on fire you can go a long ways in two minutes
2: and speaking of that you were of the first series to implement the fire suppression system in your cars and give everybody a weight break so i think that was a good safety innovation for sure
1: well we did i Lucas actually done the suppression system, but but we did give him a weight break for a fire extinguisher by itself. You're right, and you know all these series have done the the best they could. You know everybody's tried to work together, and you know everybody does a few things a little different. Uh, I tell everybody I use my wife for example. She teaches third grade in North Carolina, and they all get the same book, but. I'm sure if you go into different classrooms, it gets taught different ways. You know, <laughs> yeah. but that's
2: a good way but, to put it.
1: Yeah, and I mean the droop rules same way, you know. Uh, but these guys push it to the limit. The truth is, nobody's getting thrown out over a quarter inch. Uh, we give them a one inch tolerance, so they're getting thrown out over an inch and a quarter. And you know, it's that's the miss. Perception there is, it's not that final line. And these guys are smart. They they deal in thousands with their load numbers and shims and all the stuff with shocks and springs. And they have no trouble figuring a quarter and a half inch at a time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. they, they know how to do it. So.
2: That's true. <laughs> it, I, I just man, I, I guess the biggest example we saw last year was Ricky Weiss up there at the World. It kind of he won that race and it got took away from him and it kind of ruined his weekend. But but it's like you said, the rule is the same for everybody and they just, they just missed it on the measure
1: or whatever. Well, and Ricky's really what hurt Ricky was the fact that he lost the points for the whole night.
2: That was tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It wasn't really the rule that got him. It's just the penalty. And that particular night, that was their penalty. Uh, I think going forward next year, the, everybody's agreed to go back to i think now i can't speak for them but i think if you if that happens this year you still get scored with 24th place points which if he would have got that last year he would have still been able to have a shot at making it those b main it's when you when he lost the points for the whole night is really what buried him.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of what I I think that's kind of what I meant when I asked the question. I just I guess I was just saying I don't think the penalty fits the crime on some of those scenarios and and I think you we both cleared that up right then. So,
1: well, and it's a I'm gonna tell you it's a it's a learning process from year to year because the evolution of these cars change. These guys, I mean, there's hundreds of people out there manufacturers, Billstein, Penske, I mean, Integra, all these people, Longhorn, Capital, Bill, I mean, everybody's working to go as fast as they can. And, uh, you know, what's working today may not be even around next year, you know. So it's just always changing. I mean, it's a learning process, but, you That's know, I asked Ricky after that, I asked Ricky after that, because weight rules 23.50, and uh I asked him, I said, "How much does your car weigh, Ricky?" He said, "What's well, 23.80, 85." I said, "Well, why don't you have it 23.51 or 52?" <laughs> you know, That's a good point. You know, I mean, you know, you got to figure for allowance, and Ricky's done a good job. I mean, he he's just like the rest of us, just trying hard as he can, and uh, there is some variables out there, with depending on who's doing what. But at the end of the day, everybody's got the right intentions. Uh, the main thing about the whole deal, from my standpoint, was just keeping them guys as safe as we could possibly, people.
2: I agree with you. I think it's done. I think it's. I think it's been good for the most part. I think we've, uh, I think we've seen a big, a big change. And I think we talked about the tire rules coming out and I think we're on the right track here right now. If we can just keep everything going.
1: I do too. I think our industry's strong. I mean, the racing's as good as it's ever been. The crowds are good. You know, when the weather's good, the crowds are good. And, uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of, uh, Attention on us right now, you know, from all the live streaming companies. And uh, when you got people like Kyle Larson running with you, you know, a guy that's a NASCAR champion, I mean, it's just, it's really good. I mean, that guy could go race anywhere he wants to and he chooses to race in the sport that we like.
2: That's, so that is really unreal. good. And we're sitting here right now looking at some live uh, feed from the Chili Bowl and kyle larson uh, that's his bread and butter and that's what that's the sport he loves and it's an honor that for him to come and race uh super late models uh for us you know it's pretty cool mm-hmm. it's really neat. yep
1: and it's really good and like chase elliott ran some races last year yeah. you know and uh, all these guys you know uh i think chase briscoe ran a few i mean just the, them guys are coming for a reason and you know
0: we should be really thankful yeah i think like you said i think our our product on the racetrack is is really strong so you know we i don't think we have to hang our head on that it's it's on, it's a bonus that you know all those big name guys come in and supported us and kind of bring an extra extra light on our sport so yeah here's a yes.
2: little, here's a little fun fact i believe uh i believe chase Elliott won a uh, race in your car one time didn't he he did,
1: yeah, over here at Tri-County. Uh, his first Dirt late model race was in my 604 Crate Lake model. Uh, in fact, he won two in a row. Uh, the first week he showed up and won, everybody was real happy and thought, man, that's really cool, Chase Elliott's winning. And then the second week he showed up and beat him again, That then it wasn't fair no more. He's in my car. <laughs> then they, they didn't like the it. Pit, so. Yeah. <laughs> it took one week for the for the wild wow
0: factor to wear
1: off so uh, <laughs> well
0: you got you gotta call him back up and get him in in the tar Heel fifty three
1: well he knows That'd he's got cool. an open invitation he uh he texted me about two in the morning uh monday morning there on the way i had just got home from Ice Bowl, and uh, he texted me and congratulated me at two in the morning that's cool and uh every time he texts me i always end it but you know the keys is in it when you want to come get it <laughs>
0: that's awesome
2: i love
1: it that's always something that his daddy told me anytime we'd see a car bill he'd say well the keys is in it get in it you
2: know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, and speaking of us uh, speaking of a key we got to wrap this up pretty soon but you you gave jonathan davenport the key to the speedway there at that last race and i thought that was a pretty cool gesture because he's you told him to come on and run with him, any run with y'all anytime.
1: Well, Jonathan is is it's amazing the career that he's had and continuing to build on. And you know he's from there, and the fans really didn't know about that when I was going to do it, but I had nobody complain that the I wanted to do that for our fans and him and and just let him have that moment. Uh, Jonathan's done a great job and you know, if you get to, I said that that night, if you get to looking at his website and his resume and what he's done, it's very, very, very impressive. And, uh, he's deserving of it for sure.
2: No doubt about that. Well, Ray, one more thing here uh, that I've always respected about you and, uh, and still do, uh, your, your, your faith and family and, and, and God comes first with you. You, uh, you go to church every Sunday and I, I've even seen you do, uh, give out your testimony at some of these races and sing and sing and play the guitar. And that's a, that's a talent in itself that I don't know. A lot of people know that you've got. So you still, uh, you still do a little bit of that.
1: We do. Yeah. Good Lord's blessed us, uh, to continue to do it. And, uh, my youngest daughter now is playing the piano and, and of course all the girls sing and my wife. So we've, uh, really been blessed and, got a wonderful church that we go to an old fashioned Baptist church and it's still strong and doing good. And, uh, just really, really blessed to get to still go and, and worship and God has blessed us way more than, than we deserve.
2: So. yeah, I agree. And, uh, it's, it's always been, uh, you rarely have, you rarely will see you at a racetrack on a Sunday. You're always, uh, you're always there in church where you're supposed to be, so I've always respected that for sure.
1: Well, we've ran some races on Sunday, and, you know, I ain't going to talk about anybody that does because we've done it, but we just try to – we don't plan on them. Uh, but sometimes the weather, or different situations. You know, we have to do it, but it's uh, – I think there's been a lot of people saved at the racetracks. I remember Bill Fry got saved at Rome Speedway, and uh, Joe Denby was saved at East Bay. Uh, so there's a, there's a, it's it's been some good come out of it for sure.
2: Yeah, it's powerful for sure. And uh, I, we'll let you go tonight, Ray. And I appreciate you being on here. But uh, before we let you go, if you want to thank your sponsors, you've got helping you out right now, and uh, and maybe also give us a hint for maybe the next time we'll see you behind the wheel
1: well if nothing don't happen uh we plan on racing the cabin fever at board speedway at the end of the month so uh looking forward to going down there and riley and larry and all those guys are doing a good job with that place and so we're hoping to go down there and uh check it out so our sponsors can't do without joe Dimby. uh he actually owns the car and uh Letting us drive it, and Vincent Sims Construction. He works not only helps with the car, but a lot of work at the racetrack. He's the reason the walls was white when everybody got there at the Tar Heel. And uh, he does a lot of upkeep that people don't know about. And uh, American Race Tires, uh, Capital Race Cars, Marshall, and Shane, help us all they can. And uh, you know, just a lot of. A lot of people, Sunoco Fuel, Schaefer Oil. Schaefer's been a supporter of mine for since '90s, late '90s, and uh, they're a good company and got good products. Just, just a lot of people that you know helping us, and we wouldn't be out there without them. Uh, S, SF, uh, P out of uh, Chattanooga, has got Peterson oil pumps and systems and stuff. Just. A lot of people. I can't list them all. I'll leave somebody out. Mike Cutsman, trucking. He's out in Missouri. You talk about West Plains. That's actually where he's from, and uh, he comes and visits us every year for the Tar Heel race. Him and his wife. So, and that we met him through West Plains. But just a lot of people that help us.
2: Well, well, Ray. We appreciate you being on here tonight. I know it's been a long time coming, and maybe this will be the first of uh, of many. So. Uh, uh, like I say, well, I don't
1: know how many times we'll get to race this year, but we're going to try to race as much as we can, and and along with everything else. But I appreciate you calling and inviting me on, and it's been a lot of fun talking about. It. I think we've talked about everything but politics, and we'll leave that till next time.
0: Yeah, we, let's not get into that. We'll bring,
1: we'll, bring
2: that <laughs> we'll bring that up on the next one. I think, I that think sounds good. I think we might see eye to eye on that. We'll leave that up on the next. <laughs> yeah, <one>. we'll, we'll... <laughs> yeah we'll leave
0: that one for the water cooler yeah so So there you go well ray
2: we look forward to your to your spring nationals kicking off i'm gonna try to get to as many of those as i can and uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon man
1: all right buddy you guys have a good night thank you you, ray all
2: right bye-bye this has been another episode of the forward bike podcast in the books for this week thank you ray cook the tar hill tiger for coming on and Gave us way more time than we uh, than we yeah. expected, and that was a lot of fun getting to talk to him. So I uh, will thank Ray for that, and uh, come back uh, next week and try to put another show together for you. Come
0: on back and see us then.